Hello there. This is Wale Olulano, the presiding apostle of Harmony Christian Ministries. I'm happy that you can join us today in our podcast. I pray today's message will encourage, edify, and illuminate your heart, wherever your circumstances may be. Please relax and enjoy. Hallelujah. Please turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Genesis chapter 8, as we read from verse 21 to 22. Genesis 8, 21 to 22, the Bible says, And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma, nothing I desire, nothing I pray for, crave for, than God smelling us, smelling me, and it will be a soothing aroma. That when God comes around and he looks upon what I do, when he comes around and looks upon my life, may he find it a soothing aroma. He said, then the Lord said, in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall never cease. As a result of the sacrifice that Noah offered unto the Lord, God made a covenant that transcended him and went into his generation and not just his generation, generations of men on earth. I pray as a result of what God is doing in your life and what you will do, may generations that didn't know you, may they be blessed. There is something amazing about the passage that we're going to look at today and we're reading that I believe is quite relevant to our prophetic world as a church. Amen. Particularly this year as God spoke to us that HCC shall be a place where our children will be infused with fresh ideas to intentionally chase God for more depth, width, and length. My prayer is my children will do far better than I'm doing. Friends, when I was young, I thought my parents were doing great. I thought they served God. I mean, they were serving God. I thought they knew God. I thought they were a name known. But I thank God that God has exceeded their limits through my life. And I'm praying that God will exceed my limits through the lives of the children that God is giving to us. I pray that a time will come that in your lifetime, you will sit back. And see your children doing far better. Know God much better. I can never forget the time I was so young. My dad used to sit me down and he taught me about Apostle Paul. He loved Paul and David. No wonder I love those two people very much. When God called me into the ministry, he told me, study David. But my dad was the first who introduced me to Paul and David. And I thought this man is so deep. Many years later, my dad will have to sit on the other end of the phone and I will have to be teaching him some things that God is revealing to me. I pray that your children will do far better. Know God much better than you in the name of Jesus. Whatever you think you're doing today, I pray they will know God better. In the name of Jesus. God said to us that in HCC, that it will be a generation of people walking in the Father's blessing. By belonging and in accountability. I pray that our children will have a sense of belonging. 
It won't be my dad's church, my mom's church. It won't be my dad's God, my mom's God, my mom worship God, my mom goes to church. My children will know God for themselves. The God of our fathers will be the God of ours. Amen. It will be a generational God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that whatever God is doing in our time, we not stop on our time. I didn't get into this to have a, a ministry that will die when I pass out. God said to us, but this comes in accountability too. And one of the things that is important for us to learn, I always say this, history repeats itself because people don't learn from history. One of the things that is happening today is because besides all the things, all press, aggressions and all that but most important part of it is lack of accountability because there must be always somebody in the life of a young person that will say to you that I had you, I got you that child will say at your word I won't do this I won't go that far, I won't go this far there must always be somebody an authority figure in your life, may every father in the house be a father in Jesus name I pray you will not lose the authority of fatherhood in the life of your children. God said to us that our children will be a people with a vision within a vision. Children will dream dreams. They will dream big. They will exceed our limitation. A people who are dead to selfish ambition. I'm building upon a platform that is much bigger. That's what God told us. And as we're going to see in the scriptures today, there is something in this passage. As I read it, all I could see is a picture of what God is showing me. And I'm praying that we will be those people. Now last week, we started by looking at some very profound things. We said to ourselves, that is not all praises that is accepted as praises. It's not all praises that is honorable. And we said to ourselves to guide us in knowing the praise that is acceptable. You must measure it with five things. We said that praise must be deliberate. You have to deliberately praise God. You don't feel like praising God. You just praise him anyway. Amen. We said that praise must have depth. There has to be depth in what you are doing. Your praise must have depth on the inside because if it's on the surface, it cannot grow the length of the journey. That's why when the seed was sown, it fell on the surface and then some developed root downwards. May your praise have deep root. If your praise have deep root, then nothing can just uproot it. Offense cannot uproot it. You believe in the values that you are taught. Your praise must have density. Amen. It must have what? Density. Your praise must have direction. And your praise must be daily. I found out that there is an inextricable link between praise. Which God told us is our year of perpetual praise. There is a link between praise and sacrifices and offering. That is a link. You can't just cut it off. And last week, that's what led us to the law of the first mention. We said to ourselves that there are not many doctrines in the Bible that actually have caused so much debate and controversy. Like the subject of offering, tithes. 
It is one that so many people think, no, we should be able to worship God without any offering. God should be able to love me whether or not I give offering. That's true, but to what extent? Many people have said that our offering is irrelevant to our praises. Nothing can be far from the truth. Actually, I found out that that's exactly what Satan will want you to believe. Why? Because he knows the truth. Don't forget, Satan himself was the chief of praise. Because something has been abused by many people does not mean that we should remove the relevance of the original use. Microphone may be abused, but it had an original intention. Money may be abused, but there was an original use. Family may be abused by somebody, but family has a use. So something may be abused. My dear friends, don't throw everything away because you've been abused. And we are a people that should seek the truth. And I know that the truth will set us free. Amen. Okay. Let us go into the scripture and find out what does the Bible actually say. Forget about what my G.O. said, what my president said, what my pastor said. Let's go to the beginning of the beginnings. The first time that these things were used in line with worshipping God. How was it used? So we looked at the first time offering or sacrifice was mentioned in the Bible. That brought us to Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel offered the Lord's sacrifices out of their labor. Out of the wealth that they created. The Bible told us they brought this in of the fruit of their labor. Cain brought out of the fact that he was a farmer. And he brought it before, before the Lord. That's to show us that when we offer offerings and sacrifices, it was not made ambiguous. I can't decide. I give my offerings to the charity of the dogs. They brought it before the Lord. There was an instruction and a direction to the offering. That's in the Bible. They brought it before the Lord, which will tell us now, before the Lord can be in two dimensions, there is an altar on the inside, my heart, and there is a physical altar, and we're going to get to that. So last week, we saw how they brought it before the Lord, and they offered it before God. Now, we told ourselves, God did not ask them for an offering. And that might surprise some people that God didn't ask for an offering. And yet they brought it. Now, if I didn't ask you for something and you brought it, it should be bonus, right? And I should be able to say to you, oh, that's great. At least we brought something. But what is interesting about it is God judged them differently. And that should make you to think. The Bible said God had respect on the offering of Abel and on Abel. But on Cain and his offering, he did not. Now, why? God, you can't, be, you can't be serious. This dude brought something. You should be glad he brought something. Why would you now not respect the guy? Then that showed us, even though God didn't ask them directly, God expected, if you were mine, you should know what I need. Listen to me. God didn't ask Solomon for an offering. Solomon offered crazy offering. God said, ah, this boy has pressed my number. You know what? Ask me anything. So the guy asked one thing. God said, is that all? The one you have not asked, I will give you. 
What am I trying to show you? Friends, I want you to please forget all the deception of the devil. And I'm going to close this for you to show. All the devil wants is to sow a seed of doubt in your heart. You can never praise God without giving. It's not possible. Young people, I'm talking to you particularly today. You cannot. Because God is not your mate. He's not. As you are growing up, you must know you owe him your everything. Your life. Everything you have is his. The Bible said, so these two folks came before God and they offered to God. So how do we know what really happened? What went down in that story? You have to look at the text to actually understand that that's actually why God judged them differently. The Bible said that Cain gave the fruit of the ground. He gave the fruit of the ground. Look at the text properly. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Which is what a lot of people do. Just give an offering. Just, just put it there. Fruit of the ground. Okay? Good. That's registered. What about the other guy? Then the Bible says... Verse 4, Abel, now watch this, also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. You have to read the Bible. So he, this little guy was a cattle rearer. So let's imagine, and you don't have five cattle or ten cattle who call you a cattle rearer. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because you have to remember these cattle rearers are cattle rearers. So let's say, just for argument's sake, he had hundred, which is not what he had. He would have had thousands of those. Let's say he had hundred. The hundred produced their firstborn. Because he didn't do it the first, the Bible said in the process of time. You don't get a job today and God is asking you to bring your tithe or bring your offering. There has to be a process of time. God never asks anybody to bring what they didn't have. Never. So in the process of time, the flock produced their firstborn. That's why he said, of their firstborn and their fat. He took a good record. All of them. The Bible said he brought all those ones to the Lord. The other guy just brought the fruit of the ground. You can see there's a difference. So when they got to the Lord, he offered it to God as a burnt offering. Now, that seems crazy. Because he burnt them to ashes. Why would any sound-thinking individual bring of the best gifts in his business and burn it before the Lord? He gave it to God. That thing which he brought before God, he didn't see it anymore. He burnt to ashes. It wasn't that he ate the barbecue. Many people can only give to God what they feel. You know what? I'm also taking it. When you give to the Lord, it goes, but you think it's gone out of your hand. It goes out of your hand, but it does not go out of your life. He knew, because you're going to read Hebrews later. Hebrews 11.4 tells us, by faith, Abraham offered the choices of his own flock to God. What are we saying? Abel's gift shows density, shows deliberate action, and it shows quality and quantity. This, my dear friends, 
are laws that can never be changed anywhere. But the way out of them is what we are looking at. That those things will not rule you. You will rule over them. Abel's offering indicated a high regard he had for God. This year, my prayer for you is you have high regard for God. Let me move on quickly. When Abel did that, Cain was upset. Every time you give a real worthy praise, somebody is upset. Now note this. If you give it in church, somebody will be upset. Why is she dancing? Why is he, why is he shouting? Is he the only one here? Is it that we shall know that so that we can know he has God? Somebody is being provoked because of your praise. When Cain saw what Abel gave, now Abel didn't disturb Cain. Cain felt this is wrong. Why would God now, because of what you are doing, God will look at what I'm doing as bad? You see that? Some people feel if you are not the one doing all the work, people will not be talking about people like us who are not doing it. Because somebody's obedience makes somebody else's disobedience now look really magnified. God stepped into the matter. Cain, why are you tripping? What's the problem? If you've done well, okay, let me bring it down to the children level. If your sibling is well behaved at home, do you know how you feel? That's, I mean, that's easy, right? Immediately you just feel that this one is doing all the work. This one is helping mommy. You make mommy to blame me every time. The, the person fold your own hands. Now, if you understand that one, that's exactly how it is, serving God. God said, come on. If you have done well, will you not be accepted? There is room for everybody. Now, you will think that's enough for somebody who truly wants to change, to change. But Cain didn't really want to change. Cain felt the best way is to take out competition. If nobody sees you, then whatever I offer will be okay. You see the thinking. So he went ahead and he killed his brother. I know some of you might be thinking, but why didn't God stop him? Uh, it's because Abel has got the reward of his praise. Even though you killed him, he didn't die. Because later on, his blood will speak. But let's leave that for now. Today's reading. Now, why today's reading? Because it was the very next time the word offering was mentioned in the Bible. After this incident, it was with Noah. Now God told Noah that I see what's going on in the land. You are living in a godless time. Noah lived at a time that nobody cared about God. Everybody was law to themselves. If prayer was called, they won't come to pray. They will do only what they want to do when they want to do it. So the Bible says it was a godless people. And I want you to please understand that you can choose to be different in a godless generation. Because Noah chose to know God. When nobody cared, he made up his mind. I will know God. May you and your household know God. Don't say because what is going on in town. That's why I'm going to do this. Make up your mind to be a generational man. Noah decided that he would be different. You can't say, so long as I serve God, that's okay for my children. 
Because later on you will see the reason why it was important. And when we get to Abraham, you will see the same thing. Why it's important. There is a generation we are raising that I'm worried about. You should engage your children in the godly acts that you are doing. Get them to pray. Get them to fast. Amen. Amen. Young people, you can fast and pray. You won't die. Many years ago, my daughter made a mistake. She came home and said, Mom and Dad, you won't believe it. This person fasts in school. And it was a Muslim girl she mentioned. And we knew the girl. She said she fasts. I said, really? Ah. I said, you shot yourself in the foot. <laughs> she said, I mean, she fasts. She doesn't even drink water. Hey, who does that? I said, the girl does that. And guess what? From today, you will learn to fast. He said, no, I can't do it. That's child abuse. She told me. She said, the school says we must eat. I said, but why didn't the school force the girl fasting to eat? But I can't do it. I said, you will begin to do it. It was the beginning of a turnaround. It was a struggle, but we got there. It's the same as reading through the Bible. Our children read. They don't read the whole chapter, but they know every day they have to read a little portion with us. If it's three verses, read it with them. No child is too small. If you bring them to Sunday school, we do the same thing for them here. So why don't you do the same thing at all? Read two verses in the chapter we are reading. Mom and dad read it ahead of them. Noah was a generational man. He knew that whatever God wants to do in his life, God has to do with his family. I pray we will be saved with our entire family. There will be no pulling apart of what God is doing in our life. The Bible says, God called Noah. He said, Noah, I see what's going on in your time. And I'm going to destroy everything and start afresh with you. So to get started, take off every clean animal that you can find on the face of the earth. Two by two. Every clean animal and every unclean animal, take them, male and female. So Noah started to build the ark. Now watch this. Even though the Bible said Noah started to build the ark, you didn't see his children building with him. Now it didn't mean his household didn't build with him. Why? Because when the time came to go into the ark, there was no competition, no argument. They believed in the assignment that was given. The Bible said at a particular time, God told them he was 600 years old. When God said, now Noah, enter the ark. He entered and the Lord shut the ark behind him. And he released the depths and the rain started. The Bible said rain fell for how many days? 40 days and, and 40 nights. Friend, if the rain falls for two days, Heavy rain, you will feel it on your street. No matter how good the drainage system is, you will feel it. Continuous rain. Rain fell for 40 days. 40 nights. It was not drizzling. The Bible said the deep was open. The heavens were open. It was a terrible storm. And the ark was lifted. And the Lord remembered Noah and his household. And then... The rain stopped, and the water ceased on the land after 150 days. 
So even though the rain has stopped after 40 days, I mean, water was all over the whole place. And then the ark now settled on the mountain. Ark that was on the low ground now was on the mountain. That's to tell you the level of the water. So Noah came out. And everywhere you looked, it was deserted. All that remained alive were the eight people. Eight is the number of new beginning. Eight people in the ark and the animals that were in there. And the Bible says that God opened the ark for them. And then they came out. What struck Noah was what is so amazing. Noah's action at this point was actually so surprising. It was counterintuitive what he did. You would expect Noah to say, wow, we don't have enough to build. We don't have enough to start. We don't have enough to do this. We need to keep everything we have. Noah, he didn't go around celebrating himself. The first thing he did, and I'm trying to say this to you, first thing you must always do is what he did. The Bible said he built an altar. He built an altar. Why build an altar? What's the purpose of an altar? Because no one knows. Everything died, but I didn't die. Everything was lost, but my children are here. This is not based upon my skill. It's not my navigation skills. It's not my skills in building a ship that can stand the storm. It must be that God saved me. I don't know who I'm talking to. Is there anyone in the house that God saved? Is there anyone who knows that whatever I have, it's God who gave it to me. I may have lost that, but I have this. God cannot do nothing with what you lost. It's what is left that he needs you to focus on. Noah came out. He had lost cousins. He had lost friends. But he had what he had. He set up an altar. And Noah and everybody in the family was watching that day. What is he going to do? And then Noah went one by one. He brought off every animal that was clean. How many clean animals did he have? Two of each type. And he took one of each type. Of each bird. Of each everything he had. One clean ones. He brought them all out. Lined them all up. Slaughtered them. Burnt them to ashes. I want to think about this. Now God didn't ask him. See second time you are encountering this. God did not say. If you come out of the ark. Give me an offering. No. But Noah. The fathers of faith that we have. They knew something before corruption entered our system. This idea of anybody asking us for anything. It came when sin perverted man. I'm going to show you something. I'm sit, you know, I've not mentioned tithes. We are still looking at the first mention of offering and sacrifice. If you had two and you sacrifice one, what percentage is that? And many of us struggle with 10%. On the natural level, he didn't have enough to survive. But yet, he gave one of each clean animal. All right, listen to me. He could have sacrificed the unclean ones. Why not one of each unclean animals? No, 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 no. God has to get the quality ones. 
And when he did that, again, to show you that even though it was not written down that God asked for it, God judged it. The Bible said God looked down and he smelt it. And it was a sweet smelling aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse man. But the best of the blessing came in chapter 9. As I begin to round up. In chapter 9 verse 1. The Bible says, So God blessed Noah and his sons. I decree you are blessed. Your children are blessed. The Bible said, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Now watch this. The last time we had this was when God said it to Adam. Adam and Eve in the garden. And they messed it up. But because of the obedience of one, change came. I decree in the name of Jesus. Everything that has hindered your fruitfulness. Everything that has blocked your blessing. Ah! In the name of Jesus, receive the fruitfulness of God. Receive the favor of God. He said, be fruitful. Multiply. You shall multiply. The work of your hand shall multiply. Two that you had in your hand was not even enough anyway. And now that you've given one, you are now having one plus me. May the presence of God fill you. May it go with you. May it fill your finances. May it fill your business ideas. In the name of Jesus. He said, fill the earth. You don't fill the earth with two things. You fill the earth only when God said, fill the earth. I decree. Let things begin to answer to you. As you turn around in the name of Jesus. God said, the fear of you and the dread of you shall fill every beast. Don't take this thing for granted. There are people who are mauled down by animals. You are not one of them. I decree the name of Jesus wherever you go. Let your fear and your dread, let you enter any beast. Oh. Oh my goodness. Some people said they had a dream and some animal attacked them in their dream. But if you understand this covenant we are citing, and activating this morning. Your name is not in that list. Yeah. Nothing will mull you down. Any animal. Any witch. Any witchcraft. Anybody who may want to attack you. Whether in the living. Whether in the daylight. Whether in your dream. Whichever angle they come. I decree your dread will enter into them. The Bible said that whether it is something in the sea. Or something on the land. As a reason of your worship and praise. This year. May things bow down to you. Bible says in verse 6. Verse 6. Whosoever shed man's blood. By man's blood. His will be shed. For you are made in the image of God. Anything that touches you. Touches the eye. Of God. Are you listening to me now? It's in him you live. You move. You have your being. And I decree your protection is complete. In the name of Jesus. He said that this shall be the sign of the covenant 
which I made between me and you today. Every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. So it's not just perpetual praise for this year. There is a covenant for perpetual generation. He said, I set my rainbow in the sky. And it shall be for a sign of covenant between me and the earth. My dear friends, anytime you see the rainbow from today, don't take it for granted. Anytime you see the rainbow, lift up your hands to the sky. You see the rainbow, stretch forth your hand. Say, Lord, I receive, I activate every blessing, every covenant you have given unto me. I activate it right now in the name of Jesus. Every time you see the rainbow, when you see the rainbow, you call forth your fruitfulness. You call forth your multiplication. Say, Lord, according to your word, the rainbow in the cloud is a sign. I receive my blessing right now. I receive my healing right now. I receive my long life right now. Come on. Somebody, if you see the rainbow, don't think, oh yeah, look at the rainbow. Listen to this. I told you at the beginning, everything that is meant to be special to you, the devil has called something out to make it ordinary to you. So your offering, it should be ordinary. The rainbow was given to you as a covenant. And the devil called it out. So you see, some people now take the rainbow. Of all things that they can take, is a rainbow they touched. But because they touched it, does not make it not relevant to you. When you use your rainbow, you know what you are touching. Are you following me now? Pharaoh's magicians had staff. Moses had a staff. Let them bring their rainbow. You will bring the rainbow. I decree every ungodly rainbow be swallowed. Be swallowed. Be swallowed. This year, as we worship, as we praise, as we serve, as we lift his name, let angels of God begin to walk in our lives. Let power of God begin to go into oppression. Friends, I wish I had time. But I want you to understand this. There are many things we do in church, but because we've not gone to the basic of it like this, many people don't even know the meaning. That's why when the word of God is coming, and prophetic words are going, you see, some people give offering. That's what they're activating. Not that he asks for it, but they are sowing into a blessing that they are receiving. That's what it is. That's why somebody, when they are praising someone, some culture, they are spraying money. And they are not counting it. They are spraying based upon the worship they are receiving. Many things have been abused, but it does not remove the real use. I pray that from this day, your giving will be with meaning. Your sowing seed will be deliberate. Your serving God will carry power. Things will answer you. Things will serve you. 
you will never lack any good thing. In the name of Jesus, your years will be lived in full. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We do hope you have been blessed. Our special thanks go to all our partners who give generously to support our ministry. You are welcome to be one of us. If you'd like someone to talk to you on any of the issues raised in today's message, please do call us on plus 44 208-597-3110 or you visit our website on www.hccenter.org.uk. May the peace of the Lord guard you and keep you till we meet again. God bless you.